You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Thursday, July 7th, 2022. We sat down with Sasquatter Lynn Mackey to hear all about her run venture of the New Jersey section of the Appalachian Trail. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Zoom series. My name is Kim Levinsky, and I'm going to be joined tonight by my friend Lynn Mackey. She's going to come on the screen in a couple minutes. Um, before we jump into the interview, I'm going to share a little bit about what is going on with Sasquatch Trail Runners. So we have a trail party this Saturday. It is our annual Fat Sass Switchback Challenge. This event, this is an OG Sasquatch event. It's been going on since 2018. This is over at the South Mountain Reservation in Milburn, New Jersey. So this race is, is like our mini mountain race. It's a one mile loop. It goes up 300 feet, down 300 feet. And every year it switches direction. So we're so excited. We're just about sold out. There's only a few spots left on ultra sign up. So if you're watching this, you haven't signed up and you wanna come, just open up a new browser and go to ultra sign up, type in fat sass switchback challenge and get your spot. Cause uh, once we sell out, we will not have race day registration on Saturday. So that event is a uh, 5k, you do three loops or you can do as many loops as you want in three hours or six hours. So it's a timed event. So that is on Saturday. The following week, we are uh, joining up with our friends uh, over at Mend, New Jersey. It's, uh, it just started today. It's the 10 day of 10Ks. This is an annual event. It is a fundraiser for Mend, New Jersey, which is a group of food pantries throughout Essex County. And we are leading one of the runs. So on Tuesday, July 12th, we will be out at the South Mountain Reservation again, this time on the opposite end of the park in West Orange. And there's our 5K race loop that will have trail ribbons up there. So there's a group meeting. Uh, I think it's like 6.30 or so, but you can check online, just type in uh, 10 day of 10Ks and that'll pop up on Facebook. Uh, and then August, we have two events that are happening out at Stoke State Forest. So the first weekend in August and the last weekend in August. So first up, on August 6th is the Thunder Chicken Squatch. It's a 17 mile and a seven mile. It's on the Blue Mountain Loop. Uh, that's at Stokes out in Branchville, New Jersey, which is Sussex County. And then on the last weekend in August is our Backyard Squatch event, which we're so excited about. Uh, this is the second year for that trail party. It is a Bigs Backyard Qualifier. It's a bronze ticket event. So whoever wins, whoever's the last person standing, gets a ticket to the Capital Backyard Ultra in Virginia, and the winner of Capital gets a ticket to Big. So uh, we're excited. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you have, but Scott Snell, who won the Backyard Squatch last year, went to Capital, won that, and now he's on Team USA for Bigs, which is very, very cool. So we're excited about that. If that's not your thing, uh, running four miles every hour on the hour, come volunteer. It is so much fun to volunteer at that race. All the races are fun, but that one in particular, it's really just like a big hangout party and you get to help the runners uh, see how far that they can go. So we've got our volunteer button activated on Ultra Sign Up. So you can click that and check out uh, we have some shifts that are available morning, afternoon, night, and graveyard shift. So check that out. Everything's on Ultra Sign Up, and you can check out all of our events on our website, which is Sasquad Trail Running. 
www.lynnmcdonald.com. So, all right, that wraps it up for the announcements. So, Lynn, why don't we have you come on? There she is. Hey, Kim. <laughs> uh, okay, so Lynn Mackey, you're pretty much a Sasquad OG, I would say. You've been around for a couple of years, right? For sure. Um, I started running with you and Robin and Kim, and I died in the back of the pack. <laughs> And was sucking, you were right. suck, sucking wind the whole time and um, took a couple of years and said, I'm going to work to be able to run with those ladies <laughs> and be able to talk while you were all having chats. <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't notice it. That's not what sticks out in my mind. My <laughs> mind sticks out that you were always smiling and we're always laughing. That's what I remember about our first interaction. And it was oh, at, well. I think South Mountain Reservation, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I did a couple night runs with you over there, and um, yeah, you, your, the crew was super welcoming. Awesome, very cool. Well, then we're so happy to have you on. So if you didn't read any of the intro that we posted online, Lynn is going to be chatting with us about her incredible uh, trek, the Traverse, the Appalachian Trail, the New Jersey section. So if you are watching right now live, you can type in your comments, your questions. I've got it um, on the side browser here so I can see the comments in, in uh, live time. So if you have questions, I'm going to relay them to Lynn throughout the night. So, um, okay, let's start with your background story. We love to ask all of our guests to chat for just a couple minutes about how you got into running, if that was road running first, then trail running. Uh, but give us the story. Lynn, how did you get involved in this wacky and wonderful world of trail running? <laughs> I, I started road running. Um, I live um, in Bergen County. Um, to, I had three kids. To be honest, it was to like meet, meet other people that had something in common with me other than kids and teachers um, and to lose baby weight, um, to be really honest. Um, and I started road, road running uh, with Jersey Women Strong. I think you've met met them, Dana White and the crew. Oh yeah. Um, and I still run with them. Um, and um, I started there and somebody through that group had said, we're gonna be doing um, North Face uh, Endurance Challenges doing, um, they have obviously they have their 50 miler, um, but they were doing a 5K, 10K half marathon on the Sunday. Um, and I'd signed up for the 10K. Um, and it was, I know Robin and I have talked a little bit about this. It was yeah. the day, day before it had, I mean, was torrential rain and I had no clue what I was doing. I literally bought my trail shoes the day before and showed up at the start line and asked somebody uh, next to me. So any last tips for the newbie that's never done a trail before? <laughs> and she said to me, it's going to be muddy out there. Um, tie your, tie your shoes tight run, run the flats, run the downhills and walk the uphills. And I thank goodness she gave me the tie the two ties, uh, tie the shoes tight advice because I would have lost my shoes. Um, and, and long story short, short, um, you know, just the ascent, we were running up a stream. And for the first mile, I thought to myself, what did I sign up for? This is the most ridiculous thing that I have ever done. And of course, and I'm, I'm one of those new runners, not wanting to get my shoes dirty, hanging out oh, yeah. on the, you know, skirting the, <laughs> skirting the edge of the, of the water. And, um, I, after about a mile of a pity party, I just said, you know what, you're, you're in this, you signed up, like, just, just lean into it. And I did. And what I found was 
Um, you know, I'm not a great climber. It's not my strength, but I was doing pretty well on the, on the climbs. Um, the descents, I'm better on the descents. And so I was making up ground. And, and once I started, just got into a groove and I got out of my little feeling sorry for myself party, um, I just then I started having a great time. Um, and that was it. And literally that was a 10K. And that day I came home and was like, I'm going to do a 50K. That way, there was, yes. I'd never, I'd never done, I'd never, well, I'd I never, <laughs> I'd never done a marathon. I'd never done, I don't, I definitely, I definitely done a half marathon on the roads. Um, but that was it. Um, from then on in, I was pretty much hooked on trying to get to ultra distances. I love that. Well, I, I'm anticipating we will chat about it later, but you know, off air before the interview started, we talked about how the brain is wired a little differently. So that really shows <laughs> the roots of all of it for you. It, it, it's 100% true. Like I was in that going, how much more could I challenge myself? And when, and, and act, actually was thinking to myself, at what point would I mentally break down? Mm -hmm. And how far could I go? And those were the things I was thinking. I started reading, you know, I found your know, trail and ultra runners and the Facebook groups and started reading through there. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, this, this is, this is the jam. This is where I need to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. What a great story. I, you know, I've really been noticing chatting more and more people. A lot of, a lot of trail runners got into the, like their first race was uh, the Bear Mountain North Face, which I think is, is pretty cool. It's now defunct. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've started up a race there. So hopefully we can continue getting more uh, more runners. And that was the last time we yeah. saw each other, right? It was pouring rain. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, it was, you know, I was, I had beautiful weather on my run, but the poor marathoners and 50 milers the day before me, that was exactly what it was like there. I was actually chucking it down. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, Lynn, you know, the main topic we're going to chat about, we've already got questions coming in about the Appalachian Trail. Uh, but let's set the stage. Where did this idea come from? Why did you want to do it? Um, when did you start thinking about doing the New Jersey section of the Appalachian Trail? So I think for me, um, you know, I'm an, I'm an average road runner. I'm a slightly better than average trail runner. And I like technical trail running. I do. Um, and so um, you know, my first 50 miler was rock the Ridge and it was, and it was awesome and it was a great experience, but that's like literally my least favorite type of trail running because it's unpaved roads basically. Right. Um, and so I knew I wanted to do something technical and more challenging. Um, and I don't know how it kind of, it just want, you know, I, I mean, I have, you know, I, I haven't run a lot of the New Jersey section. I cross it going through way, way onto from time to time. And I just was like, oh, it'd be great to do it. I mean, where these wacky ideas come from, I have no idea, but it pops in your head. And once it's in your head, you kind of, it yeah. just, it, it starts snowballing, right? It starts out as kind of just a, a dream. And then you're kind of like, I could do this. I could do this. And, and so I knew it would be to more technical. Um, obviously it's well-known. Um, and so that was kind of where it came from. Okay. And give us, give us a timeline of like when you started thinking about it and then when you actually went out and did the, uh, the section. That's so I had, so on my 50 miler actually, um, so it must've been in early 2021 that I was thinking about it because on my 50 miler I met, and if you've read my race report on um, this woman, Vanessa's like, Hey, yo, Mackie, are you a Finn? And I was like, yeah, my family's from Finland. She's like, I'm a, 
I'm finished too. And she and I ended up hanging out for 10 miles together mm -hmm. and I'd never met her before. And I remember talking to her on that run about it and saying, I'm thinking about doing this. She's like, I'm in, I'm in. And I'm like, really? We just, <laughs> we just randomly met each other on this run Love over it. like some, some beef jerky and, and yeah. You know, um, <laughs> And so, um, you know, it was probably in 2021 that at some, at some point early in that year that, you know, it came into my head. Um, and I remember her talk, talking to her about it in kind of late 2021. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So maybe part of my, I mean, it's, I love the preparation. I, I was going to say it's like my favorite part of the run venture, but actually doing the run venture is is very cool but the preparation um would love to chat with you about that and yep. this isn't just something you wake up and you're like oh i'm gonna go do 70 plus miles you know there's a lot yeah. a lot that went into it so can you walk us through like what did the preparation look like for you leading up to your run yeah so i mean i mean i'd done a 50 miler and i had done new york city marathon um not that long after my 50 miler. And, and so I knew that like I had a base going. And so I, I talked to my, I, I have a coach um, and I talked to her saying like, I would be stupid or I'd be stupid to waste it. Let's just keep going. And, and, and I, I had this dream to do um, the AT in maybe in the spring um, seems to be a good time or maybe the fall. And she's like, I, I think you could, you could achieve it in the, uh, the spring. Um, but I mean, to your point, um, I'd been training with her for a few years um, and I had tried to get to ultra distances a few times on my own and um, I just kept getting injured to be really honest and and she has been worth every penny for me for for a couple of reasons because you know the first thing she said to me I'm a I'm a working mom of three kids um, I'm closer to 50 than 40 <laughs> um, yeah. and she, the first thing she said to me was, you need to start, we need to increase your volume, your weekly volume. And that's like, like, what? I have three yeah. kids, I'm working, how the heck am I going to get more mileage in every week, right? Um, and she also said, you're running too fast all the time. Um, and she's like, you need to dial it back. And so she and I, um, through some injuries and working together, um, I've pretty much been injury free for almost two years now. Um, and, awesome. and so just really dialed back my training. Um, so, you know, building that base mileage and running healthy and running um, uninjured was like, like, it's been a year plus, right, of like the journey running up. This is like, to your point, this is not something I just decided to go out and do. Um, you know, as it relates to the, to the, and, and I will say the actual planning, meaning like the aid stations, I don't want to say that I winged it, but <laughs> you know, Did you wing it? it's questionable. Oh, the truth comes out. So, um, I was honestly, um, Vanessa told me about three weeks before she had been injured and she wasn't able to get the mileage in. And she was like, I, I'm just not going to be able to make it. And three weeks before, um, I hadn't really talked about it much with anybody. I mean, people that I run with knew I was thinking about it. I think partly I didn't talk to a lot of people about it because once you do, like it's out there, right? And, and with something like this, it's not like I paid money to sign up for a race, right? This is something I'm completely doing on my own and deciding on a date. Um, and so I didn't tell a lot of people um, about it and therefore didn't ask a lot of people to help me because I wasn't talking about it. Um, but, and I think part of it, I didn't tell a lot of people because I didn't, I knew I was doing it. 
I knew it was happening even with Vanessa out. Um, I, the weather was looking good. I was running uninjured. Um, and I was, I didn't want to talk to people because I, I knew there was nothing they could say that was going to convince me. Otherwise I was going to go and I was going to go alone. Right. And so, um, but all of that said, life whacked me in the, the, the face. Um, I just, um, between school stuff with my kids, my job, um, it was spring break right around that time. It was Easter right around that time, family commitments. Um, I didn't, honestly, I had put together my plan, meaning like where I was going to stop and roughly my pace plan, um, probably about a month ahead of time, but I hadn't started working on the, like what I was going to have at each, you know, for each leg until four days before the run. Okay. And, um, I had built my plan off Ryan Thorpe's plan. Um, I had read his blog and I thought, okay, like why spend all this time doing the research? I'm just yeah. going to steal his plan. Um, so I, you know, pretty much followed it to a T. Um, but I really honestly didn't start really thinking it through until the week before. Um, I, I mean, if this gives you an indicator, my husband at one point, I said to him, I'm like, do you have somebody to take care of the kids? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, now that Vanessa's husband's out, like you're on your own, dude. Like, and he's like, well, how bad could this be? And I'm like, I think you might want to have somebody take the kids. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be something we want to drag them along. Oh, for. He was a little naive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, you know, so that, that, that just shows, right. Um, but going into the week, I started really planning probably the Tuesday before, Tuesday, Wednesday before I started putting it all together. Now I had had a really good 50 miler. Um, and so I could leverage a lot of what I had put together for that plan. Um, and I had seen that you had pulled up um, a, you know, your spreadsheets. I, I watched your interview with Scott and all your spreadsheets. So I had something very similar. I had, you know, all the, what I was going to have in my vest for each go. I had things like put chart, you know, phone on charge, you know, you know, some very similar spreadsheets. So I was able to like build off that. Um, so it wasn't completely starting from scratch. Um, my 50 miler, a lot of stuff worked as well. Um, and so because it worked, I didn't have to change a lot. So, you know, looking back, it was foolish, but, <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know, uh, this, this, this really worked. Um, I think the biggest piece that I was very naive about was I had no tracker. And I had reached out to Jess, um, uh, who is actually Aiden. Yes, go ahead, Bob. Sorry, my son just walked in to ask me <laughs> if he can use my, anyway, whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, um, I had talked to Jess and said, hey, how did you, you know, people track you? Like how, you know, my husband, how's he going to, you know, he knows where I'm going to be, but what if I'm behind schedule or ahead of schedule? And she's like, hey, if you want to drive down and borrow my inReach, you're welcome yeah. to it. And I drove down on Wednesday and I, my run was starting on Friday. And, you know, so that just, again, just shows like super naive going into this. Um, and thank God she lent me the inReach. I, I honestly don't do not know how we would have done it without the inReach. I mean, it was it was like it was a lifesaver. Um, so that was um, part of it. Um, the other thing that was interesting is I was kind of sending Ryan and Jess email, you know, messages going, 
any last tips? And one, I was just thrilled that they were actually responding to me because I'm like sort of a cyber stalker with some of you like amazing athletes like you with your Tahoe 200 and Scott, you know, with his triple crown and Ryan um, and and Jess, she's the unsupported FKT holder for this, um, co-FKT holder. So them responding, I was like kind of, you know, fangirling like, ooh, it's pretty cool. They're actually talking to me. Um, And and so ultimately, uh, you know, she said to me, have you gone down to like Blue Mountain and run any of the, um, you know, trails down there? They're kind of confusing. And I'm like, no. And Ryan was like, have you done Stairway to Heaven at all? And I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, the, um, the uh, ultimately, you know, I think one thing so that it doesn't make it seem like I was totally flighty and unplanned. Part of the reason I didn't run a lot of these things or, or work on them ahead of time was I, for people that run with me, that if they know I don't like to run things twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had run probably maybe five miles of the northern section total. Um, and that's all that I really, I like to take things like ignorance is bliss is kind of the way that I look at it. I just keep tackling it. Um, so, you know, but it was rattling my nerves a little bit like that week when they were like, you've not really done, like you even tried some of this stuff. And I was starting to get little self seeds of self-doubt right in my head a little bit. Um, you know, so ultimately I, I pulled it all together. Um, the last thing that I really did was I, um, I had mentioned I put my pace plan together and my pace plan had me coming in three hours ahead of the FKT. Now I had no goal of going into it with an FKT, um, but my coach said, you'd be a fool not to submit and announce your attempt. If you get it, like you're going to be bummed. And, and so sure. for people that don't know, you have to announce that you're making an attempt. Um, so I went and, you know, put my announcement out there. And one of the dumb things that I did for anybody that tries this, don't read the comments. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tons and tons of DNFs. Um, and so that was also planted a little bit of a seed of self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? Um, was like, wow. And I remember saying to Kelly um, the day before, Kelly and I do a lot of trail running. And I know you've met Kelly as well. Um I was getting nervous now, like seeds of self-doubt were there. The DNFs were really getting to me. I was feeling like I was pulling this all together very last minute. And it was, you know, felt like I was kind of winging it for something so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was getting a little bit nervous. Um, but, you know, I kept falling back on when, you know, this worked for you for the 50 miler. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to trust that it will work again and you're trained, you're ready to go. Um, so that, you know, that's kind of the run up to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I think this is, uh, we've got some comments coming in a lot from, uh, Sean Kane. He's blowing up the chat <laughs> over here. Um, but I think you, you started to chat a little bit about it. This is a good segue to talk about your crew. So who was it exactly that came out? What did that look like in terms of like, how often did they meet you? What kind of support did they provide? So if you could chat about your crew, that would be awesome. So I had no planned crew outside of my husband. Um, I had um, multiple stops um, through that. There were road crossings where people could see me. So I had told my road running crew, like, here's my plan. Here are the road crossings, roughly what I'm going to go. If you want to, you know, come out and cheer me on, great. But outside of my husband, 
I had nobody planned. Um, I did very last minute um, ask a couple people if they wanted to run with me um, for a few miles. One of my friends said yes. Um, and so she was gonna meet me at, I think it was like roughly like 4 a.m. Um, but other than that, I had no crew. Um, that was a huge mistake. Um, looking, looking, looking back on it, I mean, if I could do it again, just having no experience with something like this, um, I really should have like had more of a crew and, and really, to be honest, more like people that could run with me at, towards the end. Um, and I can certainly talk about that more, but that, that was the current plan. You know, that was the plan. What ultimately ended up happening <laughs> was, you know, so some of my friends that I run with, um, they showed up um, at one spot and, and I, I don't know if it was, holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is pretty big deal. Or if it was like, wow, this is awesome. I just want to be part of it. Um, I have no idea, but they just stuck, you know, they met me at those first few with my husband and then just kept coming along. Mm -hmm. And by default, they ended up staying along with me till roughly about, um, and, and actually should step back for one second. I did start at 5.30 on 5.30 PM on a uh, Friday night, which meant my first 12 hours were pretty much in the dark. Um, okay. So they, you know, they carried on with me till midnight, roughly. Um, and, you know, everybody, you know, just kind of, they started helping me. I don't know, probably because they felt sorry for me, like one media. But I mean, they were awesome. They, they were absolutely awesome. So, you know, my husband and Kelly ended up hiking to the start with me, um, which was unplanned. Um, these ladies met up with me up until midnight. They all went home and went to bed and started coming back in the morning. Um, and so, uh, ultimately they did help out, but it was completely unplanned. Um, so I, I, a major lesson learned for me, I would not, you know, having watched your interview with Scott and the preparation you and your crew did like weeks before going through the, the, the plan, um, you know, it, it would be worth its weight in gold to do that next time around. Well, you know, that's what, that's what all the learning is about, right? Like, totally. And I know we'll chat up about this later, but I'm, I know you're going to do more of these types of activities. So these yeah. are things, you know, little things. I mean, a lot of it is trial and error. You got to figure out what works and, and then yeah. just for the next time. A hundred percent. I mean, that's absolutely one of my missed opportunities. I mean, I, I mean, and I had, you know, I mean, there's so many other things that, you know, and, and I think maybe when you first asked me to do this, I thought, you know, there's so many amazing athletes in Sasquad, like what's so interesting about my run. I think maybe that was kind of in the end, like, you know, I mentioned I'm a pretty average runner. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not young. And, um, and I think maybe that was one of the things that, you know, um, I thought there's a lot of stuff around what not to do in my run. And so if you're listening, like, and you're thinking about doing this, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I've got lots of what not to do. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but also no. I want to, I want to bring up too, you, you've um, touched on it a little bit is that uh, it's so neat how many people have done the New Jersey section of the Appalachian Trail and how many of yeah. them are plugged into our Sasquatch community and yeah. uh, such great resources to be able to just shoot a message off um, yeah. is really, really neat. So totally, totally. Let me uh, just scroll up really quick because I don't want to miss uh, I think there was another question. Oh, well, which direction did you go for, um, so did you go to the south or south and north? 
so, you know, like I said, I pretty much ripped Ryan off. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> um, I went north to south on Ultimately, I contemplated going south to north only because I know Jess um, had said to me that they would have wanted to do Sunfish Pond in the daytime. Ooh. So that that actually drew drove a big part of my decision to go north to south, but the time that I started. Um, yeah. Because so I decided for a 5.30 start, 5.30 p.m. start for two reasons. One, I wanted to, based on what Jess had said in a couple of the chats, um, I wanted to be hitting Sunfish Pond at the day in the daytime. Um, and then the second piece was, you know, a lot of the big elevation is in the front, you know, cup, you know, half or so. And I figured I'd be going slower anyway. So why not just do it in the dark, like do the dark and do the elevation, you know, just get them out of the way and then just have nice ridgeline runs, you know, going down to the to the water gap. So that was my logic. Um, Jess, when she and I met, one of the things that she said to me, and this was a day, you know, a day before was, you know, hey, just one thing to be aware of. She's like, I love your thinking. I love your logic. Um, you know, Jess, she's like yeah. super optimistic, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, but just keep in mind that on Friday during the day, you really need to get some rest because if you don't, you'll have been up for almost right. 40 hours by the end. And that like the light bulb went off like oh yeah shoot. I didn't really think about that so honestly I did try to like thankfully she did say that because I did try to rest a little bit but kind of going back to my last minute organization I was still packing like almost all day on Friday and I had a 5 30 start so um you know that was you know kind of part go that's what went into my decision but again another lesson learned there um I know I think both Jess and Ryan started like 2.30-ish, 3 o'clock in the morning. So they got some sleep and then started fresh. Um, and I'd, be, I'd been up all day running around, which. <laughs> well, <I like> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, another great advantage of you starting at night was it meant that you had fresh legs in the dark, you know, yeah. and, and as opposed to pushing all day long and then, you know, you're pretty fatigued in the, in the night section. I don't, I don't really know. Is there, is there any part of, the AT that's not technical in New Jersey, or is it like all rocks? So what's really funny about, so there are definitely some runnable sections. Um, and this is gonna sound weird, and maybe it's because I was in the dark and you can't see anything, and going back to ignorance is bliss, but I honestly looked back on it and said, I don't really really remember it being very tough or hilly or hard at all. The first kind of, I'd say 12 hours, 12 to 14 hours. I remember thinking like, oh, that wasn't so bad. What's hilarious is about three weeks ago, I went camping in High Point and decided to like see some of the sections that I missed in the dark um, oh, yeah. and run them. And I said to my coach, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Um, I was running all these sections way too fast for how technical they were. Yeah. I am not surprised. And, 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 you know, I'm kind of going to give you the ending here as I, I mean, I clearly finished. I did not get the FKT mainly because I went out too fast. I mean, I was running an hour ahead of my plan till about mile 45. Wow. Um, and, you know, and that was in basic one-on-one running mistake. Everybody listening right now is like, 
you know. <laughs> it's so hard. It's yeah. So hard in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so, and you know, going, you know, back to my husband and my unplanned crew who have started to tag along, and, and we've talked about this a lot. My husband was just like, good job, babe, doing great. You're doing great. And you know, if if he was a runner or a trail runner, he would have been like, yo, dummy, slow down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so, um, you know, that was, you know, he was like, Lynn, you're the expert, whatever you need, just tell me what you need. I'm following along. Right. And so, you know, I, I think one of the things that I've read in a lot of, um, tra trail running stuff is people talk about being explicit with your crew and being really explicit. I did not get it until I did this run. So I made a lot of assumptions around what they would know. Right. So like, as an example, like um, I had every leg, how many calories I needed to take in. Okay. Um, and I knew how my times that I was going to come in. And at one point I said to my husband, how much of a calorie deficit am I in right now? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, I forgot to tell him. Like I assumed he would yeah. know that that was super important. The things that I did tell him, right? So just so that, he, I mean, he executed exactly what I asked him to do. And the right. two big things I asked him to execute on were, um, I had planned on having two vests and I was gonna wear one. He was gonna have one filled. And rather than trying to fumble around with my vest and everything in the dark, I was literally just gonna swap vests out. Then he would take oh, it smart. and fill it. Yeah. So that that was my, my, my plan. He, he was money on that, right? Like he just never, like he nailed it every single time. The other one that I'd gotten, and this was a tip from Ryan Thorpe. Um, he said, you know, Hey, sometimes the trailhead is, you know, a, you know, a 10th down the road. Um, and in the dark, it can be hard to find. And so I had said to my husband, if you're there ahead of me, can you look for the trailhead and like guide me so that I'm not wasting time hunting around for the trailhead in the dark and again, nailed it. Right. So really obscure things that I, I told him, um, he executed flawlessly things that I, you know, that are obvious, like, you know, you know, calories and pace. Um, he never even shared the Excel spreadsheets that I built with any of the other ladies. They didn't even know that I had them. I asked them like the day, day afterwards, did anybody see the Excel spreadsheets? They're like, no, what are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, and you as, know, as, as it goes on too, you get more and more fatigued. It's hard. It's hard to communicate. A hundred, a hundred percent. And, you know, do I regret it? Um, you know, because my husband asked me, he's like, do you wish you had somebody more experienced? Every second of it was fun. Yeah. Every single st stinking second of it was fun. Mm -hmm. I don't, I had, you know, I think I mentioned to you, guys I work with are like, how are you not divorced? Like, <laughs> like how, how did you, I never, like we rolled with every issue on um, the crew that would, you know, that my unplanned team that showed up. It was just, it was an awesome experience. I don't regret it. You know what it's like. And I, I can't even imagine your amazing run and being four days. I mean, mine was one day and how I was doing at the end mentally, you're very vulnerable and you're, you don't know what you're going to be like. Are you going to be a raging lunatic? Are you going to be crying? Are you going to be catatonic? Probably all three, you know, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, you know, the people that I had with me, like I wouldn't trade it because you're pretty vulnerable and they see a side of you um, that you sometimes don't want to see. And I was, 
I wouldn't have, I wouldn't trade it for a second to have that, that crew with me. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that was really conveyed in your race recap. I, yeah. I, I, I know when I shared it online, I said, I just feel like I was there yeah. <laughs> with you every second of the, of the way. And, it, and you did, you really communicated how much uh, that you enjoyed it. I'm sure there was some type two fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thrown in there, But for the most part, it seemed like you really enjoyed the experience. It was, it was awesome. I mean, the, the, the very end was tough. Um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll go into a couple of, of the other things because there was some problem solving along the way. And I love the problem solving aspect of yeah. trail running. Like I actually like sometimes the failures. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you before my personality is I learned, I, my, I would say I'm successful in my career because I failed a lot and I learned a lot through failures. That's my personality. Um, I learned through failures my boss, my husband, and my parents 100% can attest <laughs> to that. Right, right. Um, and so that's what I think I love about trail running is every one of those challenges um, gives you, you know, puzzle solving opportunities and, and failure and learning through them. Um, but, but some of the things that we haven't talked about, um, when I started, I think one of the big things that happened early on was um, we got to the start and there were cops everywhere. Mm. And I said, what's going on? And there were brush fires. And I'm like, you're kidding me, no way. And, yeah. and they were like, you're not. I said, but I'm running the New Jersey section of the AT today. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I'm like, um, okay, um, which, where's the fire? Is it New York side? Is it, you know, New Jersey side? And they're like, it's on the New York side. And I said, okay, well, I'm heading south. I'm going to hike up. And if I don't smell smoke, you know, we're going to just proceed. So as I mentioned, Martin and Kelly hiked up to the start. It's about a mile hike up and about eight, 800 feet. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. And so we get to the top and the first mistake I had made was in all the excitement um, I had left my food in the car. Um, and so I had, you know, I had tailwind in my water, um, but I didn't have my, my regular food. And my strategy on the fueling front was I've learned, like I've tried to do tailwind the whole, like, it, like after kind of a certain period of time, like I just can't get it down anymore. I can't drink the water. I just, I'm desperate for plain water. And so I decided to do less tailwind and have more real food with me right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, and so that food, that was a mistake going back to a calorie deficit right off the bat, right? Like I'd left my food there. So that, that was, that was, you know, crazy. Um, you know, I, I did start on time, which was great. Um, I literally was at the start line at 5 30 PM. Like I planned. Um, I know Chris commented on my, um, I think my run report, he said, wow, it must have been tough to step away from them. I didn't realize it. And, and he is so bang on because yeah. this, I could have, nobody knew I was doing this. I didn't pay to be there. There wasn't going to be some like, you know, uh, you know, stat on me on this. And when the stepping away from them was scary for a split mm -hmm. second where I just thought I could just end this now and not even go forward. Um, so th that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so I got going on time, um, about five miles in, I took a pretty bad fall. Um, and so that also, that rattled me. So I, I was kind of feeling, I'm kind of superstitious. So um, I was like, okay, this is two bad jujus right on, <laughs> not like five <laughs> miles in. 
Like, and you know, I fall most of the time, but it was a bad fall. And so it, it rattled me. And then just before dusk, um, I ran into a family of bears. Yes. And so I have terrible eyes, um, hence why I'm in glasses. Um, and I thought how even I look back on it, how I caught it out of the corner of my eye, I will never know, but something caught in the corner of my eye and I stopped and I looked at it and I'm like, is that a stump or is that a bear? And I'm looking, looking, and it didn't move. It didn't move. And I started to relax and move. And then it, the bear obviously started moving around and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And it's facing the trail. So I'm now going to have to cross its path. And I, and then I see two more bears up the hill and I'm like, oh my God. Um, so I, I grew up in New Hampshire. Um, I spent a ton of time in the woods um, and I've never seen a bear before. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So this is now bad juju number three. <laughs> so I, um, I decided though, I kind of went from initially, like I'm nervous to irritated. This bear is not screwing up this run. And so I just, he wasn't, he just was kind of casually looking up, looking down. I decided to just slowly creep by and hope for the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> So um, I got by the bears, um, but I, I was rattled for yeah. like five, five miles. I, I was definitely rattled. Um, I knew the bears, New York, New Jersey trail conference had, um, you know, Don Weiss, I think had posted, yeah. you know, hey, heads up, bear, bears are pretty active in Very Northwest active. New Jersey. Yeah. So it still was a shock though. And so now I was really rattled. Um, so at for, for probably about five miles or so, I started, you know, I'm yelling, right? And I'm singing. And, and then I realized like how ridiculous this was that I'm, you know, not even, I can't do this for 72 miles. Like I'm going to be exhausted. <laughs> this is just a ridiculous thing. Yeah. Um, so I saw my, uh, my husband, um, I picked up my food, told them about the bears. Um, and then I was heading off onto the boardwalk. Um, and so I knew the climbs were starting to come. Um, and so I had taken out my poles at that point. And one of the things is by total accident and not by design, what I realized was I could click my poles together and that sound, yeah. the metal on metal, just everything would scatter. Mm -hmm. And so um, at this point, you know, I'm now headlamp on, I'm in the dark. Um, the other big advantage to being in the dark was obviously their eye, animals' eyes glow in the dark. Um, so every time I would see eyes, I would just click my, you know, poles together and everything would take off. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that was a great tip for anybody that's doing a night run, um, have the poles with you because that was super helpful. Um, and then um, I had done a run up in Weiweyanda, um, probably about three weeks before my run. Um, and it was, I was up to my knees in water. It was pretty flooded um, around those, that section of the AT. So up until this point it had been dry. And right. so now I'm on the boards and I'm thinking, awesome, it's dry. This is amazing. It's so great. It dried up. And um, what I now know, and I think it's it might still be closed, um, but um, Verney Swamp, I was, tread, I was knee deep in water and in the middle of the night. Um, just trudging, you know, trying, the boards were slippery because they're, you know, they're, you know, a foot and a half underwater. 
Um, and what I found out afterwards is they actually rerouted the AT because a beaver dam flooded that whole section. Oh, um, wow. yeah, yeah. So I was, of course, you know, I'm up to, you know, up to my, you know, just under my knees in water and I can hear something big and loud out there tromping around in the water <laughs> with me. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I don't need more bears, man. Please don't be bears. Um, yeah. So I, I did say to my husband, um, you know, at this point, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to change shoes. I had brought three pairs of shoes with me and I got to the next stop and my husband's like, we have a problem. And I was like, I, cause I was like, I need shoes and socks. And he's like, as I was driving here, the cooler tipped over and oh. filled, <laughs> filled your shoes with water. And I'm like, no way you're kidding me. And so thankfully I, I loved in your um, interview, you talked about having backups to backups. Yeah. Um, I had three pairs of shoes with me. And so the yes. shoes that I, yeah, <laughs> that I really wanted, I couldn't, they were completely soaked. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to go with my second pair of shoes. But again, you know, you know, I think he was like, oh God, she's going to lose it. But yeah. you just kind you kind of go, what are you going to do? It is right. what it is. Like you just right. got to move forward. So, um, so that was, that was another kind of, you know, uh, one of those things where you just keep coming up on problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from that point, it was pretty uneventful. I think probably um, the one big, the biggest part that really affected my run the most was around the marathon point. Um, I was feeling like tightness in my ankle, um, mm -hmm. kind of like where your foot dorsiflex is. It was bought, it was there. It wasn't super painful, but it was like a weird tingle. And it just from basically the marathon mark for the rest of the run, it just progressively kept getting worse. Okay. And, and what I ultimately found out was um, after the run was I ended up with tenosynovitis, um, which is not only the tendon swells, but the sheath that it runs through swells. So the podiatrist said, you know, it's the equivalent of like throwing sand in a piston. So I couldn't dorsiflex my foot and which is pretty critical when you're going up and down, yeah. right? And I was, it was excruciating, absolutely excruciating. Um, and so that, that was ultimately, you know, I, the last seven miles took me four hours, uh, just to give oh, you an indicator at how yeah. slow I was moving at that point. So that, that was like kind of the massive last big curveball that I got. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's tough. That's tough at the end of, at the end of such a long outing. Yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, some of the things, the other things um, I would mention is I think one of the things that surprised me is the first 12 hours, I didn't see anybody, mm -hmm. um, like no one. Um, and it kind of towards the end of the run, I thought to myself, would I do an FKT again? Like one of the nice things about race is like, even though you're not running with people, like you might spend a couple miles here and there with people that was hard mentally. The only person I was seeing was my husband and um, I think I mentioned early on, my friend Kate was going to meet me at 3.50 um, to run some miles with me. But because I was so far ahead of plan, um, she was like, I can't get there in time. Like she's, I, like, she's just far, too far ahead of plan. That was like a sucker punch for me. I mean, you know what it's like when you're getting tired and you have you, you've put this kind of a thing in your head, like it's a reward, right? You get to the 3.50 a.m. the 3.23 stop and I was going to see Kate and we were going to get some miles in together. 
Um, and now I knew I was basically going through the night completely on my own alone. Mm. And so, you know, that was um, kind of shocking. Like you think the AT, it's going to be well trafficked, but that I didn't see anyone until basically we got to Sunrise Mountain outside of my husband. Um, so that, that was hard, hard mentally for sure. Time. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but ultimately, you know, I did, you know, Kate ended up meeting me at Sunrise Mountain that morning. Um, you know, poor Kate, um, she was going to run three and then run back to her car because she had a race the next day. Um, my husband misread the plan and said, oh, we'll see you in three. That's the next stop. And actually the next stop was six. <laughs> so poor Kate had a race the next day and she actually did 12 round trip. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and that was the section, actually, I was so happy to have her with me when all of a sudden done, the fact that she didn't meet me earlier was a blessing in disguise because mm -hmm. this was the point where the calorie deficits was starting to catch up with me. Um, I was starting to get super dizzy and I, you know, there's a couple points where I was like holding on to a tree and like, wow. So she and I took that section pretty easy. Um, and I was just like, the number one thing that I need to do is get food, as much food down as I possibly can to try to um, deal with this. Um, so that was, I was glad to have her with me because it probably would have been, it, it would have been pretty nerve wracking to be completely alone at that point. So I was really happy to have her with me. Totally. Let me slip in uh, one more question yeah. from the chat. Uh, this is from Mary Ellen Brana or Brana. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you said that you never slept. What did you take to keep yourself awake? That's a good question. Did you use any caffeine? I did not. Um, uh, sorry, no, I lie. I had some Coke. Um, uh, so I was drinking. I just had small mini cans of Coke. Um, and between the sugar and the caffeine, I would, I would drink maybe a half of one of those, like at the, you know, I mentioned I had five 10 minute stops planned. And so I would drink a half a can of the small mini Cokes there. Um, but outside of that, that was the, the only caffeine. Um, I, the fatigue didn't really hit me to my surprise, but when it hit me, it hit me hard. Um, it didn't hit me until I'd say the last kind of 15 miles or so um, at Mohican Road, which was the very last stop, my last stop, I was actually falling asleep standing up. I was, you know, I had my poles and, I, and, and I'm nodding off as, you know, oh, as I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, but, this is yeah. a good question too. Sean just wrote, did you hallucinate? Oh yeah. <laughs> really? So, oh yeah. So I thought the hallucination thing was a bunch of rubbish. Um, and I was like, nah. And so it started, um, so I mentioned that I'd done the, the section with Kate and I got down to Culver's Gap and I saw Kelly and Martin, my husband there. Um, Kelly actually said to me also mistake number two, or well, probably 22 at this point, but um, and he, uh, Kelly said to me, do you want some food like in water? And I had said to her, no, 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 this isn't a planned stop. I'll meet you at Blue Mountain. Mm. Um, what I didn't know is there were no access points between Culver's Gap and Blue Mountain. Like there was no way they weren't going to drive up to the to the to the trail like we had been in the northern section. Um, so, um, and I was moving much slower at this point. Um, so of course, all my calories had considered a certain period of time, and I'm now going much much longer on the legs. Right. And I ran out of food and water with six miles to go to Blue Mountain. And it was 60 degrees, it's warm, I have no water, I have no food, 
I just mentioned that I was like dizzy in the prior leg. Um, so I called my husband with an SOS and was like, you need to get to me somehow. Like this is, yeah. this is borderline like Darwin award material here. Like I could, you know, <laughs> who knows what could happen. Um, so he was trying to find ways to hike, get to me. And he ultimately ended up, I think, parking at Crater Lake and hiked in to me mm -hmm. while we were trying to get to each other. I started seeing wells on the side of the trail. Um, oh my God. And like, oh, I was like, oh, great. Like a well, I'll fill up with water. And I'm like, darn, that's not a well. And, but it wasn't, it, I was chalking it up to my eyes because going back to the bear thing and the fact I can't see anything, I was like, oh, it's just bad eyesight. And I was chalking it up to that at the start. Um, and that was those, that was the early start of it by the end, I mean, full on hallucinations. I saw a little boy sitting on one of the bridges and I was thinking to myself, who the heck would leave their kid out here? And I was talking and my husband was with me at this point and said, you know, there's no kid there. There's no little boy there, Lynn. Oh, and, and I was seeing coolers on the side of the trail and I would walk up to them and take my hiking pole and tap the cooler. And I could hear that it was a rock <laughs> but it looked just like a cooler. And um, I think probably the co the coolest thing though, and I looked it up afterwards, is you know, the, the Japanese, like the cat, you know, that the arm, the beckoning cat. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. um, I kept seeing those balloons in the woods everywhere. And they were like yeah. off in the woods. And as it turns out, that's a sign of good luck to the owner. And like, I found that out afterwards. And I'm like, if that's not a sign, I was going to stinking finish this thing. I don't know what was, but. <laughs> they talked to you at all? Did they say anything? No. So they did not say anything, but they were like weirdly hidden in the bushes, right? To the right. point of like, it looks like somebody might've, you know, left it there and you almost could walk over and just like the coolers, right? It's, oh. un it's so unbelievable how real it is. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always love a good hallucination story. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you one more question for the chat and then uh, we'll start to wrap up. I've got maybe one or two more questions. This is from uh, Carrie Sabino wants to know, what was your overall calories plan and how far off were you? Oh boy, that's a really good question. Um, so I'm going to say, I don't know exactly, but I think each leg, and I just, I'm looking at it really quickly here. I think each leg was roughly a little over a thousand calories. Um, the one thing, you know, so I would say, as I mentioned, um, I had five, five, six different stops. So I would have probably, I'm going to guess somewhere between like six and a half and seven and a half thousand calories is probably where I was for the whole run. Um, you know, just a little example. Um, I had rice, chicken, and broth and 250 calories in a thermos. When mm -hmm. I got, when I got to my stops to get that hot food that, I mean, 250 calories, that's not much. I couldn't even, like, it looked like, it looked like you were putting a pound of food in front. Like, I'm like, I can't eat this. And I'm, and at the time when I packed it all up, I was thinking to myself, this is nothing. It's 250 calories. This is like, you know, I inhale this in a second in a normal setting. Right. Um, I couldn't get the food down. So I, I have to believe I was probably down 20% on every leg is my guess. Um, you know, 20, 10 to 20% um, on every single leg. And that ultimately killed me at the end. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, as we start to wrap up, I've got a question for you. We're going to go a little deep. Yeah. 
go deep here. Um, do you think has this experience changed you as a person? I'm assuming yes, but can you talk a little bit about that? Like what kind of an impact has it had on your life going through this experience? Ah, that's a good, I think it just reaffirms like a lot of things that you already know about yourself, right? Like, you know, like, you know, the, the whole topic that we were talking about is I, I learned through failure. Like it just, it just so many things become much more, like, you know them, but it becomes super clear. I would say the one piece probably in going back to your interview with Scott, um, just if I were to go back and do it again, I didn't ask anybody to be part of this with me because I was honestly really worried about inconveniencing other people with my dream. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't ask anybody to help. Like even Kelly, Kelly and I, she stayed with me for my 50 mile or overnight, woke up at four o'clock in the morning, was at every aid station. She should have been the logical person that I asked to be with me on this run. And I never asked her because I was like, she already did so much. I don't want to inconvenience yeah. her. Looking back, like the, if I were to say the thing that's changed for me a little bit is one in the trail community, if you ask for help and people say they're going to be there, like they want to be there. Yeah. And like, this is not like something you just decide to do, like, you know, like people want to be there. And I, I've learned that lesson, like anybody, they don't feel obligated, right? They're doing it because they want to be there is probably one of the big things. And I need to ask for help more um, mm -hmm. is probably the other one. Um, and then just lastly, I mean, these, these friends of mine, right. You think about what they put that, what they're, what they commit, you know, whether it's, you know, Kate running with me, Allie, Kathleen, um, Kelly, um, Jen, all of them. I mean, Jen is terrified of the dark, terrified. And yeah. she's out there at midnight. I mean, that's a, a whole nother, you know, run venture discussion in and of itself, managing Jen and if she's on. <laughs> She's very afraid of the dark. And the fact that she came out of her comfort zone to be out there to like support me was just amazing. And then I would say lastly, I mean, I didn't, I should have given it some airtime because it's super important. My husband at the end ended up pacing me for the last 20 miles. Um, he did it in jeans. I was going to say, didn't he have jeans on? <laughs> <laughs> because I was in such a state, a disaster, and he knew that I was not going to give up. And he just did it in jeans and 20 miles of him, you know, I'm moving slow. So it's not like, you know, you know, at that point. Um, but I mean, that just, you know, it's, a, you know, it's amazing. The fact we got through all of that and then he did 20 miles. He, he actually joked with me at one point. He's like, okay, let's put bets on who's going to recover faster, me or you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was just amazing too, right. Is just pure love to do that. Like, you know, 20 miles in jeans. So mm -hmm. I, I would say those are some of the things that really come out of it. Uh, that's fantastic. I, I identify so much with some of the things you just said. And it makes me think about uh, one of the women who came with me to Tahoe. Uh, she said to me, because I made the comment, like, I think crewing and pacing is one of the most selfless things somebody can do. And, and she turned and looked at me and said, I think that you or maybe underestimating how much we get out of it and, and how much like it's it's just an incredible experience for us to support you you know what yeah. i mean that that was a really big shift in my mind um yeah. so I, I hear you so loud and clear yeah um but i think once we learn to like take that step and start asking people for help it's just 
it's an incredible, incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, like Kathleen and Allie like dropped everything they were doing, no plans to be out there for the weekend. Um, and they ended up driving our, my, our cars for us. Cause of course my husband's now out with me for most of the time, had they not come and been there, that would have been the end of my run. Right. Because right. how we, I wouldn't have been able to get my gear to the next stop. And so without them, um, Kelly drove back and forth three times. This is not like driving to one location. She's driving an hour out, hour back, hour out, hour right. back. Like, I mean, this is just, you know, uh, Dana and Charlene um, from JWS, like driving down to Blue Mountain to see me for, you know, 10 minutes, right? You know, it's just, it's amazing. It really is. The community is so amazing. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. It is. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so glad you're part of our, our community here, Lynn. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, so people, my coach is on me about what's next, you know, and, yes. um, yes. you know, I, the hell no hell hole hundo is <laughs> it's calling my name Kim. it's calling, it's calling. Lynn, <laughs> Lynn, come die in New York. <laughs> so i'm considering that so i might hit you up for like a run where we can talk about your experience oh my gosh. i i am going to be offended if you don't reach out and i would love to support you in any way crew pace messaging yeah. whatever and, and I would say um, for anyone listening to this, if you've got any suggestions on, um, you know, on great, and it doesn't have to be a, an FKT, it could be a, a race around here. I'm looking for something in the fall. Um, so sometimes crowdsourcing, if people want to yeah. throw ideas in the, in the comments, I'd, I'd love it. Absolutely. That's, that's really where the best ideas come from is chat with other yahoos like us yeah you know? <laughs> i mean some there's we're partly as you said we are in a different headspace and when i was reading i think it did did you do an interview on your um highlands run or was it did you do a write-up i can't remember which one but i just remember you talking about how hard it was right and the sick part of my mind is like oh yeah that sounds oh, yeah. awesome <laughs> It's, it's just we have this selective short-term memory when you know it's all over but yeah yeah that's so true so true so and I, I just want to end on congratulations yeah. to you for your Tahoe 200 finish I mean I want to I want to be you when I grow up like Stop. you're such a badass <laughs> listen it goes both ways I, I think the badassery is all around in our community which is why it's so great you know yeah, I, appreciate I definitely that. agree. So thank you so much for, for letting me talk about this at, you know, at the, uh, you know, at the recent holiday events that we've had, nobody wants to hear about my, <laughs> about my trail. They're like, oh God, here she goes again about her <laughs> trail. Oh, I love this. Well, that's, you know, honestly, that's, that's a part of the reason why we're still doing these interviews because this started, you know, back in 2020 with COVID as, as a way to grow the community. But I found that it's, it's actually a really neat space for people to come and share their stories. And then it's there, it's online forever. And yeah. I've talked with people who have said like, oh, you know, somebody, a bunch of people reach out to me because they heard the podcast. And that's my hope with it is that it can yes. just continue to grow the community and, and build some more relationships. I, I find one of the things um, I know uh, through my road group, a lot of ladies post um, race reports Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I don't care if it's a 5k 
or if it's a, you know, your Tahoe 200, I get something out of everyone's race report. I really do because, and in some ways, kind of the average, and we're not average, like that's not the right word, but the non-elite athletes that we don't have, we don't have, you know, we're not going home to masseuses and being able to relax all day. I mean, I come home from a long run and I got to go to the Bronx Zoo for six hours with the kids, (laughs) you know, like, you know, like, and I got to just suck it up and be like, I'm not, I'm not dying inside. I'm having a great time seeing this giraffe. (laughs) Um, but I think sometimes the, the person who has a lot, you know, just an average life and mm-hmm. sometimes you learn so much more to be really honest yeah. in some ways from some of the, you know, the elite runners, but. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so much more relatable, I think. You know, yeah. Today. 100%. So. Awesome. Well, Lynn, thank you so much. Um, before we sign off, I'm sure there would be people who want to connect with you. What is a good way that they can connect? Is it through like email, social media, sending you a letter? What, what do you got? I mean, if, if they're on listening here, they're obviously on Facebook. So anybody can hit me up on Facebook. I'm happy to, to give my email address. I mean, just like Jess, Jess gave me her phone number and I, I actually talked to Jess before the run and met her in person. Right. And I yeah, just thought Jess that was so great. awesome. Yeah. So, and if you want to run with me and just like geek out about runs and, and, and I'm, I'd love that. Amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, Lynn, thank right. you again so much. Awesome. Um, thank guys, you, thank you so much for tuning in. If you were on Facebook, we had some nice chatter here with some great questions. Uh, we're going to load this onto our podcast in a day or so. You can find that anywhere podcasts are streaming. Sasquad Trail Runners is the title for the podcast. So uh, you can check us out online, sasquadtrailrunning.com. And uh, till we see you again, keep it squatchy.